morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist. Good to be with you this morning. I would uh, remind you to find the attendance pads that are in each of the pews and fill those out. Pass them along to others sitting in the pew with you so that they, we have a record of your presence here with us in worship this morning. As you do that, make sure you take note of our uh, announcement insert, several announcements in there. We have the uh, Festival of Sharing kits that are due back in two weeks. The, kits, the uh, health kits, the school kits, we've been collecting supplies for those. There's a collection box out in the narthex, and all of those need to be back in two weeks for the Festival of Sharing, so take note of that. Uh, also, take note of the men's annual garage sale that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, the bottom part of your insert uh, talks about that, and there is a space there for you to fill out. If you have large items that you're going to be donating, we kind of like to know that ahead of time. So uh, if you do have some large items that you're donating, uh, fill that out, place that in the uh, offering plate or get that to the office so that we can plan ahead for that. But make sure that you have that garage sale uh, on your calendar as that is a, a huge fundraiser for a number of mission projects. Uh, there are a few other announcements in there, so make sure that you take this home with you, take note of those things so that you don't miss out on any of the things that are coming up. Uh, just a note about the service this morning, uh, we are uh, reinstituting the children's moments this morning, and so uh, following the uh, opening prayer, I'll invite the kids to come up with me, so I hope the kids uh, will come up here. I see a number of kids here this morning, so uh, be ready to come up here uh, after the opening prayer this morning. We're here to offer God our worship and praise, so let us be in a spirit of worship. I invite you to stand as you're able for the call to worship. The Good Shepherd invites us to green pastures. We are refreshed beside still waters. We have been given everything we have. God offers us everything we need. When we walk through shadowed valleys, God is with us. We are comforted and reassured. God is both on the right path. Our cups are filled to overflowing. God welcomes us to the table where love is expressed. We are invited to partake of the truth God offers. We have received plenty that we might share. We are called to be God helpers. Our opening hymn this morning is Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, which is number 89 in the hymnal.
You may be seated, and if you would join with me in the opening prayer as printed in the bulletin, let us pray. Good Shepherd, we meet in your name, confident that we are known and loved by you. Here we draw close to one another and to you, expecting to be empowered by fresh insights to live as your people. We want to care for one another in life-giving ways. Help us grow in love that is genuine in its caring and self-sacrifice. Equip us for service beyond this hour of meeting. Amen. All right, I would invite the children to come up now and join me for the children's moments. Good morning. Good morning. Have one more coming up here. That's great. So it's, it's good to have you up here this morning. It's been a long time since we've done this, hasn't it? Do you even remember when we used to do children's moments every week? Some of you remember that. Yeah, well, it's good to be able to do it again. And uh, this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say something into the microphone. And here's what I want you to say. I'm going to have you complete this sentence. And the sentence starts out, I am... But then I don't want you to say your name. I want you to say something else, okay? I am, and then complete that sentence. However you want, but don't, don't give your name. Sound good? Okay. Who's, who wants to go first? Loved. Say, say I am. I am loved. Okay. I am happy. I am helpful. Helpful, very good. No? I'm joyful. Do you want to say something? No? Okay. That's all right. Got a couple more kids there. They're, they're slowly coming. That's okay. That's all right. Well, we, uh, either one of you want to say something? Do you want to say, I am something? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're coming up here. Uh, okay, so the reason that I asked you to do that is because in our scripture passage this morning, and in the scripture passages for a number of weeks now, uh, Jesus says, I am, and then he says something else. He doesn't say, I am Jesus. He says, I am, and then he says something else about himself. And we're looking at, those are called the I am statements of Jesus, and we're looking at those in our, in our sermons for a number of weeks. And the one that we're looking at today, one of the things that Jesus says is, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd, is what he says. Now, what does a shepherd do? Like, watches sheep. Okay, a shepherd watches sheep. That's very good. Well, what does a shepherd do for the sheep? He watches them. He, he cares and protects the sheep. He, he cares. He said, say that again. He cares, for them. he cares for them. Yes, yes. He feeds them. He leads them around. You know what this thing here is? This, have you ever seen a shepherd with one of these? A shepherd's staff or a shepherd's crook? What does a shepherd use this for? Do you know what a shepherd uses this for? Is it just a walking stick? 
It makes a good walking stick, but it's not just a walking stick. You know why it has this hook on the end of it? When the sheep start to wander away, he can stick this out and he can put it around the sheep and he can gently pull the sheep back towards him so that he can keep the sheep, keep the sheep safe, keep them where they're supposed to be. Now, what do you think would happen to the sheep if the sheep didn't have a good shepherd? Any idea? They would get like eaten by coyotes. <laughs> That's, that, that is something that could happen. They could get eaten by coyotes. They could eat, get eaten by wolves. They could... They could run away. They could run away. They could get lost. They could fall off a cliff, get hurt, right? All kinds of bad things could happen to the sheep if they didn't have a good shepherd. So the good shepherd is there to protect them. Now, when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, do you think he was talking about this kind of sheep up here? No, what kind of sheep was he talking about? Who is Jesus a good shepherd for? Um, us and people. Yeah, for people, for us, he is our good shepherd. He does everything that a shepherd does for the sheep. He takes care of us, he watches over us, he protects us, he feeds us, he leads us where we need to go. When we start wandering away, he reaches out and pulls us back and keeps us where we're supposed to be, right? So Jesus is our good shepherd, and, just, and the sheep can trust. Their, one of the things Jesus says in the passage is that the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and they trust him. And we know Jesus, and we trust him. All right, let's have a prayer. Jesus, thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you for providing all that we need. And thank you that we can trust you in everything. We pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. All right, thank you for coming up this morning. You can go back to your places now. And we are going to turn to our prayer hymn, which uh, is in the hymnal at number 381, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 3. Let's sing together.
Oh, blessed Jesus, what a joy it is to be in your presence. What a relief it is to know that we have you, the Good Shepherd, watching over us, watching out for us, taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, that we can come into your presence, broken and sinful as we are, and that you receive us, that you cleanse us and heal us, that you build us up into the people that you want us to be. Lord, we come before you knowing that our need is great, but your grace is even greater. And so in this time of silence, hear us, Lord, as we offer all of our concerns and prayers to you. Lord, you are gracious to provide all that we need and even more. You are grateful to, graceful to forgive us and restore us. Lord, thank you for your mercy that you have poured out on each one of us here and on this church, on this community. Continue to build us up in faith. Continue to shepherd and guide us in all things. We pray this in your precious and holy name, as we offer to you now the prayer that you have taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The ushers come wait upon us now as we continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and our offerings.
Please join me in the prayer of dedication. How can we express our thanks, O God, for the one who laid down life itself in witness to your love for all people? We are aware that many have not experienced that love. We see their need, and we want to respond. Use what we offer to you to bring healing and peace to others not of this fold. Draw us together as one flock in the care of one shepherd, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. The gospel lesson this morning comes from the book of John 10, 1 through 15. I am the good shepherd. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all out, when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is, high, is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
We've probably all been guilty of mixing our metaphors from time to time. You, you know, when you try to say something witty and you mix it up with some other witty saying and what comes out doesn't mean at all what you intended to say. A quick search of mixed metaphors yielded some amusing examples. We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. No, I want to do that. Burning the midnight oil at both ends. It's not exactly rocket surgery. Robbing Peter to pay the piper. Trying to thread a needle with a haystack. Don't kick a dead horse in the mouth. That, well, that, that, uh, that one's pretty good advice, actually. In, in reading chapter 10 of John's Gospel, you might be tempted to think that Jesus is mixing his metaphors. He starts off the chapter with this parable about a gate and a gatekeeper and sheep and a shepherd. The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice and recognize him. A stranger who attempts to climb in apart from the gate is a bandit and a thief. The sheep do not recognize him and will not follow him. Jesus gives all of this imagery, which John in verse 6 calls a figure of speech, but the people didn't understand what Jesus meant. And then in verse 7, Jesus gives one of his I am statements, I am the gate for the sheep. Again in verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So there you have it. Jesus explains that in the parable of verses 1 through 5, in that figure of speech, Jesus is the gate. But hold on. In verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now back in verse 2, Jesus had said that the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd to go in. If Jesus is the gate, then the gatekeeper opens Jesus for the shepherd to go through. But if Jesus is the shepherd, then the gatekeeper opens the gate for Jesus to go through. But if Jesus is both the gate and the shepherd, then the gatekeeper, whoever that is, he never does say who the gatekeeper is, this mysterious gatekeeper opens Jesus for Jesus to go through. That just doesn't make any sense. Jesus must have mixed up his metaphors, right? Well, no, not exactly. Jesus is, in fact, both the gate and the good shepherd. But you can't just read the parable of verses 1 through 5 and, and substitute the name Jesus everywhere you see the word gate or shepherd. This isn't Mad Libs. It doesn't work like that. Rather, Jesus is using multiple metaphors simultaneously to say a whole lot more about himself than could be grasped through a straightforward statement or a surface-level reading. I said last week that Jesus makes seven I am statements in the Gospel of John, and that we're going to be looking at each one of these in this sermon series. Here in John 10, we have two of those seven statements. The only time that Jesus makes two different I am statements in the same passage. In one way, he means something very different by the two statements. But in another way, they both lead to the same thing. The brilliance of this passage is that Jesus can put himself in two different places in the parable to teach something meaningful about himself. First, let's consider the image of the shepherd. And it's not just any shepherd that Jesus calls himself. Rather, he says, I am the good shepherd. 
That qualifying word, good, is interesting and significant. To call himself the good shepherd implies that there are other kinds of shepherds. If someone says to you, I'm the king, it would be reasonable for you to assume there is only one king and he is it. But if they say, I am the good king, then you have to wonder, who's the other king? What kind is he? An evil king? A despotic king? Perhaps by saying, I am the good king, he means, in contrast to all the ones who came before me who were not so good, but rest assured you're in good hands now. If you're sitting in a classroom ready to learn and someone walks in saying, I'm the good teacher, you probably start thinking about all the other classes you have and what kind of teachers are they? If there's only one, they don't say, I'm the good teacher, they just walk in and say, I'm the teacher, like it or not. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, you have to wonder, well, who are the other shepherds? What kind are they? Jesus hints at that answer to that question when he talks about the hired hand. The hired hand doesn't care about the sheep. The hired hand is just there to do a job and take care of himself. When the going gets tough, he's out of there. Wolf in the pen? I didn't sign up for that. Jesus was hinting at the answer with the hired hand, but his Jewish audience knew exactly who he was talking about. They were familiar with the Hebrew scriptures. They knew about Ezekiel's prophecy of false shepherds and a true shepherd. Ezekiel 34, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. According to God, through the prophet Ezekiel, the sheep of Israel would be lost and scattered because of the false shepherds, the false and uncaring leaders who use their positions of power for their own benefit and comfort while neglecting to care for God's people. When Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd, in contrast to the hired hands, his Jewish audiences knew that he was setting himself up against the powers and authorities of Israel who were the false shepherds, the Pharisees and Sadducees the lawyers and scribes, those supposed leaders who oppressed the faithful with harsh rules and judgment, who filled their own bellies and lined their own pockets, all the while failing to show any mercy or love. Calling himself the good shepherd, Jesus was setting himself over and against all of the other Jewish leaders and authorities of his day, and all who had gone before him, all of them were false shepherds. He was the good shepherd. No wonder the Jewish leaders didn't like him so much. But his statement goes even further than that. Going back to Ezekiel 34, after proclaiming judgment upon the false shepherds of Israel, God has this to say beginning in verse 11. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. 
I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. I will feed them with good pasture. They shall lie down on good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. Who is it that will do all of these things that the false shepherds failed to do? God Himself will do it. Who is it that will come as the Good Shepherd in contrast to all of the failures before? The Lord God Himself will come to be the Good Later in in that same chapter, God goes on to say, I will rescue the flock, they shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. This is an image of the Messiah. David, a, a man after God's own heart, who had been a shepherd in his youth, and went on to be the greatest king of Israel, the prophets foretold that a Savior would come for God's people, and that this Savior, this Messiah, would be from the line of David, and that he would rule upon the throne of David. This Messiah, this new David, God would appoint as the one shepherd over the sheep. Talk about mixed metaphors. God had been going on for many verses proclaiming that He, the Lord God Himself, would come to shepherd His flock. That the Lord God would be the Good Shepherd. But then He goes on to talk about the Messiah, a descendant of David, a person, a person who would be the Good Shepherd. There had always been some dichotomy about that for the Jews. Which one was it? Was God their shepherd? Was the Messiah their shepherd? It couldn't be both, could it? Then Jesus came and said, I am the good shepherd. Finally, it becomes clear. Jesus is proclaiming that he is the Messiah, and Jesus is proclaiming that he is God. Yes, the Good Shepherd is both God and Messiah because Jesus is both God and Messiah. God came into the world in Jesus to be our one shepherd, to fulfill all that he had said in Ezekiel 34, to rescue the oppressed, to lift up the downtrodden, to seek out the lost, to bring back the strayed, to bind up the injured, to to lead the sheep to good pasture. Another beautiful image of this is in Psalm 23. How can you talk about the Good Shepherd without mentioning Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Who is my shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. When Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd, he is saying as plainly as he can, I am the Lord. Jesus is my shepherd. I shall want for nothing. 
Jesus makes me lie down in green pastures. Jesus leads me beside the still waters. Jesus restores my soul. Jesus leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Whose name is it? The name of Jesus. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because Jesus is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. It doesn't say there is no death. It doesn't say that evil cannot come against me. But I fear no death. I fear no evil because Jesus is with me. He is my shepherd. He protects me. Jesus prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Oh, my enemies still exist. There are still powers that come against me and that try with all their might to bring me down. But when Jesus goes before me, I can sit down and feast even in the presence of my enemies because Jesus is my protection. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. It overflows with His grace. It overflows with His love. It overflows with joy. It overflows with blessings beyond measure. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the doorway into that house of everlasting life. Did I just mix my metaphors there? No. We come now to the other I am statement of Jesus from this passage. I am the gate. Some of the more literal translations, like the ESV that we read this morning, say I am the door. We're more familiar with I am the gate. It seems to make more sense given the context of a sheepfold. If there's a fence around where the sheep gather to sleep at night, you don't usually talk about a fence having a door. It has a gate. But the word Jesus used more literally means door. And if you think about what he means by it, door does make more sense. Jesus talks about the thief who tries to sneak into the sheepfold by another way, climbing over the fence, slipping through the slats, of the fence. A typical gate, if you picture a typical gate, it would be pretty much like the rest of the fence, only it swings open and shut. If a thief could climb over or through the rest of the fence, he could do so with a gate as well, but not so with a door. A door is solid. Jesus' point here is that there's no sneaking in. There's no getting past that portal by your own effort, by your own wiles. The only way is through the door, and someone has to open that door for you. In addition to being both the shepherd and the gate, Jesus turns out as the gatekeeper as well. He doesn't say that in the text, but it's implied. There isn't anyone else that can open that door for you but Jesus. He is both the gatekeeper and the gate. He is the one who opens the door, and He is the door through whom you must go. Had it not been for Jesus, 
Had it not been for Jesus, there would not be any way for you to get into heaven. We would have no access to those green pastures, those still waters, if it had not been for the troubled waters that Jesus Himself had to go through, the agony that He had to endure, the blood that He shed, the life that He gave. The sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, that is the doorway to eternity. That is the only doorway to eternity. The sacrifice of Jesus. The love and mercy of God poured out on us through Jesus. The good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. That is the gateway into heaven. I said earlier that these two statements, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd, they mean two very different things, but ultimately they lead to the same thing. I am the good shepherd means that Jesus is God himself come to rescue us and protect us and provide for us and guide us. Like a sheep trusts the shepherd for everything, so too do we trust Jesus to lead us in all things. I am the gate means that Jesus is the way to being with God for eternity. I am the good shepherd means God with us now. I am the gate means us with God forever. In both cases, it is Jesus reconciling us with God both now and forever. By His mercy. By His grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to stand if you are able for our closing hymn. It's in the hymnal at number 98. To God be the glory. Let us sing together.
We know the Good Shepherd. We can trust the Good Shepherd. So let's follow him in all things through that doorway that is himself leading us to glory with God. Go in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.